being a parent of an adult child and being the adult child of an older parent. Tolerance is the key to this stage of parenting. If you are privileged enough to still have your own parents in your life, take time now to reflect on what and how it feels to be the adult child of older parents. What words come to mind to describe the nature of your relationship as an adult with your older parents? What feelings come to mind? How do you experience your parents now? What is their role in your life and are you content with that? How do you imagine your older parents experience you as an adult child in their lives? Are you content with this? If you could change anything about your parenting journey with each of your children, what would that one thing be? This can be as intense or light-hearted as feels right for you. I like to invite parents to do this reflection as it applies to each of your children to give each relationship its due consideration, but also to highlight how your parenting journey with each of your children has been different, both for you and for them. If you could change anything about your own child-parent relationship with your parents, what would that thing be and why? Is there time or scope to change this now? Focusing on tolerance is to mitigate the simmering impatience and frustration that adult children can feel towards their parents, as gradually the roles start to shift with the parent eventually relying on their adult child to support them to varying degrees. As parents of young children, we focused on fitting our children into our adult lives. And as parents of adult children, the task is to ensure that we still fit into their lives. As they continue into adulthood and start relationships, careers and families of their own, that 15 minutes of connection a day may well become 15 minutes a week as they have new and more demanding priorities than us parents. If this is your truth, start a tradition of sending a text or message every day without need for a response, just to communicate you are always with me. And if what you get is 15 minutes of face-to-face time per week, make that work for you. Plan a walk, to sit together in the garden, share coffee and a cake for your 15-minute distraction-free connection time each week. If your adult child has had cause or desire to relocate too far away for regular in-person time, build it into the technology and coordinate a coffee and cake connection via a video call for 15 minutes a week. The job in parenting is to raise independent adults. That doesn't mean there isn't a painful adjustment to what your adult child living independently actually means to you. And perhaps this is the role you have relished and counted down to, meaning more freedom and independence of your own without the daily demands of parenting. This is absolutely valid and worth enjoying. The relationship evolves, but the connection sustains. Your adult child will still need you and their relationship with you. They will still seek and need your connection, mindful attention, interest and approval. You are always your child's champion and emotional support, regardless of age, yours or theirs. You need to plan for transitioning from parenting your adolescent to parenting a young adult to parenting a fully grown adult. The young adult part of this transition can be a tricky one and you will have some wins and some losses along the way. Learn from both and commit to integrating that learning so that you might both do better as you move forward. 
Communication and connection are key. You have to step back and afford plenty of space and opportunity for your young adult to do things for themselves while remaining emotionally available for those moments when increased self-reliance brings some serious errors in judgment along the way. For me, this stage of parenting a young adult comes back to boundaries and communication. And yes, I started this book about parenting adolescents using the same phrase. The structure doesn't change greatly across the span of parenting. The language doesn't change, but the tone does and must change in order to stay effective. If your young adult child is living in your home, the boundary remains that this is my home, my rules. This doesn't mean you necessarily hold them to a curfew of your choosing, but it might well mean that you say they cannot bring intimate partners back to your home without prior discussion or agreement. It is okay to want to know whom you might bump into on your landing. It is also okay to expect a working young adult to contribute financially to the running of your home in terms of food, bills and so on. You may choose to hold that money as a form of saving for when they move out, so that they can move out, or you may want or need to use that money. Either is fine. It is okay to share your thoughts and opinions, and more than that, I think it is really important that you do so, because even if they roll their eyes and dismiss what you've said, your words echo inside while they make those choices and decisions. Be open, be available, and know how and when to be hands-on and hands-off. It is challenging to feel that you have lost that role of being the centre of your child's life and are being pushed closer to the sidelines. Bear in mind that it can also be difficult for your young adult child to realise that their needs are no longer the centre of your world either. This is a push-pull relationship with a difference. This time, you are gently yet firmly pushing them closer to independence and full autonomy while being available to pull them in when they crash and burn and need their emotional love cups topped up again. Yes, that continues to be a need throughout our lives. The ideals you hold are likely quite different and more modern than the ones your parents upheld. The ideals that your young adult children subscribe to will also be different in their bid to do it their way, the more modern way. This disparity of ideals is a significant gear change in your parenting connection with them, as you may feel misaligned in your worldviews or approaches to life and also be faced with having little to no say in that disparity because your child is now an adult and responsible for their own choices and decisions. The way to emotionally connect through this disparity is to go back to agreeing versus accepting. Acceptance is key as you prepare to negotiate this disparity. Remember, as already discussed in this book, acceptance does not equal agreement. Your two opposing views can emerge and coexist without it interrupting your connection if you embrace this point. Accepting the limitations and failings of our parents, yet loving them regardless, is crucial to assuming an adult existence. Take time to reflect on the areas of disparity between how you and your parents view the world. Perhaps some of those have lessened as you have aged too, but regardless it should show you that what frustrates you and your young adult child now is not that dissimilar. Letters from parents at various stages of parenting from adolescents to adult children. I asked parents to share with me their experiences of parenting through adolescence, and here are some of the reflections that were shared with me to include in this book. 
a parent whose eldest child is just entering adolescence. The thing that I'm most looking forward to in this phase of parenting is to see the people they will grow to become, to witness their chosen journeys and to have fun conversations with them as they do all of that. But the thing that scares me most about parenting in this stage is the awareness I have that something outside our parental control could happen to them, something that we can't protect them from once they start to separate more from us. That's scary as a parent for sure. Looking back on my own adolescence, I wish that my own parents had understood that I wasn't an extension of them and their image, as I sometimes felt I was. I wish they knew that my emotional sensitivity wasn't a weakness or character flaw, but was actually a strength that has stood me in good stead as I have grown in my own parenting now. It took me years to really recognise my sensitivity as a strength because of this. And if I could go back and whisper into the ear of my adolescent self, I would say, I'm worthy to be in any room and good enough is good enough. What other people think of me is not within my control, nor is it even about me. A parent of teenagers. I find it exciting to watch my teens explore what the world has to offer them, and I see it as my role to support them on their quest to be what or who they will become and to encourage them to follow their passions. My goal throughout this phase of parenting has been and continues to be teaching them to respect themselves, their health and bodies, and also to be respectful of others. While I want to give my teens the freedom to explore, I have to acknowledge what frightens me the most is the peer pressure to engage in risky or dangerous behaviour, such as drinking alcohol, experimenting with drugs and unsafe sex. Behaving a certain way to fit in with their peers is of course what typical teenagers do, but I want them to be brave enough to be themselves and do the right thing regardless of popular opinion. And I want to help them to be able to navigate these issues for themselves without being stifling. Something I wish my own parents had known when I was a teenager was that sometimes teenagers are confused and make stupid decisions and that this is okay. It's better to discuss what's happened with them and to try to help them to become more confident in their decision making than to be impatient or dismissive with them and their behaviour. If I could go back and whisper into the ear of my teenage self, I would say, you don't have to conform. It's okay to be yourself and to follow your own path, so please don't feel restricted by the opinion of others, especially as they may not have your best interests at heart. It's okay to fail and to try something else. A parent of a child on the cusp of adolescence. I have been taking stock of the lessons we have all learned from those middle childhood years and now as I start to look forward to what might lie ahead for us in our parent-teenager relationship, I find that I am most excited about growing up the conversations we have always shared with her increasing depth of understanding emerging in those conversations. I look forward to maturing our shared love of reading and movies and discussing what we read together too. I am really looking forward to being able to go out of the house for a walk on my own or with my partner and being able to leave the girls alone, knowing that they can take care of themselves and each other. I find that I'm fearful of social media and its role in their lives. It's not something I engage in and I'm challenged to start engaging with it so that I might better support the girls through it. 
peer pressures, sexualization of girls in particular, what dating will look like, issues of domestic violence, sexual assault or rape, consent, alcohol, drugs are all present in my mind. Above all of this, though, I am most fearful that we may lose the connection and openness that we've established and that they may start thinking that they're invincible and know it all without reference to us, the way that teenagers do. This is in part what I would whisper into my own teenage ear if I could. I would say things are not as black and white as they seem. 15 minute activity. Take 15 minutes and ask and answer the following questions. What excites you most about the prospect of parenting teenagers? What frightens you most about the prospect of parenting teenagers? What is one thing that you wish your own parents had understood when you were a teenager? What is one thing that you wish that you had understood when you were a teenager? What would you whisper into your own teenage ear if you could?